This presentation is from Managing Design 2016, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. I'll grab that. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Love to see so many lovely smiling faces. Oh, thanks, Peter. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ruth. Um, I'm Ruth Allison. Um, and we're from PwC Experience Centre. And um, Amir, thanks for mentioning Stanford. I've always actually wanted the Stanford crew. And so what we're going to share today is the lessons that we have learned going about how we build happy, healthy cultures. So I'll be sharing a little bit from the kind of going through an acquisition, how, we do, how do we go through that, and also being on site with clients, how do we build healthy cultures from there too. So Amir and I are both photographers. Um, well, I'm a <laughs> pretend photographer, I try, but not very good. And you can tell by my drawing over there. So, you know, as, as a consultancy, um, one of the main things was how do we balance this tripod of a consultancy, right? We're trying to balance tools, infrastructure, methodologies, financial stability, and a pipeline of work and culture. But in a busy period of time, particularly now and late up to June, mm -hmm. one thing in particular tends to drop very quickly for consultancies in particular, and that is the culture aspect. Yeah, and that's, that's something we're going through at the moment. It's uh, coming to financial year end, and everyone's like... Let's just get people on projects and just really make it happen. So it's our culture that's actually being affected the most. Um, and that's where you make you know, most of the mistakes as well. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got a couple of you know, very short and snappy sort of takeaways. And the you know, first one being park your ego at the door. Um, and the way we actually introduced that was to introduce team critiquing. I think we've, we've already talked about that a little bit. I think Cam mentioned it. Um, it's mentioned a few times about um, rather than being critical open that sort of enable the environment where you can actually critique. So what we introduced was uh, on a weekly basis, uh, we would just share everything that we're working on and enable everyone in the team to actually critique uh, the work that we're, we're doing. So uh, it doesn't matter if you're a leader, it doesn't matter what, what sort of level of a consultant you are, senior, junior, whatever you are. Um, it's all about sort of uh, enabling that critique, that sort of environment. Um, and it's kind of tricky, isn't it? Because consultants, they get used to getting called in and, and telling people what to do and yeah. trying to you know, go, actually, no. Consultants are coming in. You're going to work with people, right? We're here to develop a solution to, and understand the problem together. How do we park the ego to the door so we're not doing that whole, oh, I'm the designer, I know best. Somebody um, who was working as one of the new management consultants who joined, who came to join our team to understand how do we show work early. I think um, it was Cam that introduced the 30%, they're talking about the 30% feedback. Mm. You don't wait till the very last day to show stuff and go, oh, I'm going to show the client this tonight in one hour. Uh, how do we encourage that critique um, kind of culture? Definitely. And, and you know, we, we've, we also sort of talked about radical candor as well. Um, that's really, really healthy. I think being transparent, call it out. If anyone has an ego around you, whatever, dude, you know, just call it out. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this is one of my favorite, collective responsibility. So... Being part of a larger, larger beast now <laughs> was really tricky. You know, how do we balance getting things done to you and balancing things that are done with you? Um, and how, as, as leaders in a business and those that are above us, how do we help manage and grow a culture where we all develop a collective sense of responsibility for making things, getting things done? And I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's a constant challenge. And I think one of the issues comes down to how do we help people feel individually valued for what they do? And the previous talks, the theme about generalists versus specialists, you know, recognising individual skill sets, I think Cam mentioned, mm. that's really important. And for us, particularly being in a big consultancy, um, is how do you help recognise the fact that we've got you know, specialist researchers and designers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so one way um, I actually found quite useful was, uh, um, you know, as a specialist, I put up what I thought is specialist in my area. So I work as a service designer, 
and I've uh, been recently sort of working with DTO and DHS. And, you know, so I put up on, on the wall what I think um, should be on there. And then we invited like the, uh, the legal person, the architect, the UX researcher, the, the you know, different sort of skill sets to come along and actually put up what they feel they're responsible for. And it, all of a sudden, we were building on top of other people's creativity. And I think that's, that's really sort of key in building um, the right sort of healthy culture. And it's not just within, within the consultancy. It's also on site with clients. So this is a photo from a session we were running last week. Actually, we have these ongoing sprint cycles where we go and do research, and everyone's out researching with us. And this is a delivery manager. She's actually adding a bunch of things that we've learned from the research, and everyone's taking responsibility for actually building upon other work that the team has done. Oh, my favourite. I my love favorite food. As well. Those who know me, Ruth, cupcakes, morning tea, afternoon tea, I'm there. Anytime there's food, I'm there. Um, but I have this strong, really strong belief value in the system that you know, a team that eats together stays together. I know it sounds a little bit trite, but for me, I always found that teams that actually come together, um, there's, a, there's this bond that gets created. Yep, absolutely. And, and so at the moment, I'm you know, working four days out of the office. There's many other team members who are actually not around in the office either. Um, so we use up Fridays uh, as a back-to-base day, and we do our best to try and have breakfast or lunch together and just really create those social bonds, get to know each other on a personal level, um, be empathetic towards each other as well. I mean, in the working environment, it's so easy to forget what's happening. Um, but, and, and I think this time of the year, again, you know, it's really about sort of connecting and touching base and coming together. Uh, so we take lots of opportunities to go and sit out in the park and uh, you know, eat together. <laughs> And you know, Ken mentioned about looking inwards, looking outwards. So when you're looking outwards, applying this to the to teams that you're in, this is one of the teams I'm working with at DTO. We, um, we got together, you're pushing a bunch of people from different agencies, different government departments, different consultancies. And, um, you know, just, we got 20 weeks to deliver something. And we we're trying to work out how, who's all these people? How are we working together? So we went out and had lunch together. And it's amazing how something like this can create this bond. And that she actually goes out and have weekly pork lunches. It's funny, we isn't love it? We it's, love pork. As soon as you say food, everyone's like, yeah, food. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's funny, I mentioned on a project at the moment where it took the team 18 weeks to get together to have a meal. Oh, really? 18. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mentioning any names, but 18 weeks. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, you sort of go, well, it's only 18 weeks, but the project was 20 weeks long. And we had to deliver, we had to simplify text law. Um, it's not to do with text, <laughs> text law stuff. Um, but what was fascinating was until we had that lunch together last week, the con- all our meetings that we were going through, the findings from the user research, looking at the, all the kind of what the lawyers were telling us, there was a little bit of headbutting constantly <laughs> going on. And then we had the meal, and I know it sounds funny, but we had the meal, and seriously, the meetings after that, the tone changed. Yeah. We actually got some really good progress Absolutely. as a team, because we like to eat. And that's a good segue into like, the value of laughter. You know, I think uh, when the team sort of, you know, on your end, when the team came together, that everyone just was having fun, and that's what it should be about, you know, especially the busy times of the year. It's all about sort of having fun. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's so tempting to just take ourselves a little bit too seriously, <laughs> right? Um, you know, we've got, oh, been practicing this space for a while, but we, we don't have to take ourselves that seriously. It's really nice just to laugh at yourself and um, encourage that kind of sense of community when you're laughing together. <laughs> no, that, that, that's so true. And, um, you know, I'll give you a, a very quick example. One of the partners at work uh, was telling, giving me a very serious message and uh, I started laughing. I thought he was joking. But I genuinely started laughing. But he started laughing along with me. And I thought, okay, this is good. He's now realizing how ridiculous this sounds. And that was about sort of hiring a whole heap of people in a space of like a week or something. I was like, haha, oh shit, you're serious. <laughs> but, you know, it sort of uh, emphasized the point of, no, nah, we can't do that. It's just not, not possible. <laughs> 
Oh, you could say this one. You could say the swear word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been swearing in, in, enough in this presentation, actually. But seriously, you know, no, no dickheads. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's so tough. I mean, um, it's so difficult to actually carefully craft that, you know, the, the culture in, in your team. And it's really, really, it makes it even harder to recognize those dickheads around you. And how do you then sort of manage that? How do you sort of handle that? And, you know, how, what do you do to make that sort of, you know, environment better for yourself? Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's about being an empathetic leader. You know, try and sort of understand, I mean, we're leaders, you know, and Ruth's in Canberra, I'm in Sydney. And when we sort of turn to our team and say, hey, really need you to do this, we've got to be empathetic about it. You know, it's easy for us to say, hey, you know, this is urgent for me. Can you make it a priority? It shouldn't be that way. Mm. I mean, there's been instances, a few instances where we've broken this rule because the person that we wanted to hire was actually really, really good at what they do. Um, but then um, the culture makes it quite happen. And when we broke the rule, it actually affected the rest of our team, not just that person. Mm. So, the, yeah, the times you go against the values is when... Well, everyone's got go. shit happening, right? <laughs> everyone's <laughs> right. busy. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I think it's really important as well as design leaders, how do we encourage um, to call out this kind of dickish behaviour? Oh, I said it. <laughs> yeah. um, how do we call out this kind of behaviour um, and, and enable that kind of culture where we can raise things with each other and have that radical candle and actually mm. say, hey, that's not on. We do want to encourage um, a happy, yeah, uh, happy warm, fuzzy culture. Absolutely, and it's okay to say no. I think mm. the other way yeah, around as well. <laughs> so like, when our leaders come to us and say, we really need you to do this, make it happen. And you're like, 6 p.m., I really want to go home, watch Game of Thrones. You know, what, what do you do? You say, no, I can't. I can't. You've got to call that out. Yeah, I think for us, the biggest one, being going through an acquisition, that, this was a tough one because we were acquired into a bigger company. Um, and when they've got bigger rules, we have to go in place. You know, there's different management styles, different recruitment styles. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's holding true to your values. It, it, that, that is tricky, actually. Just on that point about recruitment, I think, you know, everyone's got that challenge at the moment of recruiting the right people in the team. And I think when you're sort of at this point where uh, you've got lots of projects coming in, it's so easy to be reactive as well. So I've got, you know, five, five uh, consultants to hire, but I'm not going to be able to go out there and find the five of the best consultants if, you know, I need them right now. So it's actually making sure in your recruitment process that you're looking out for those dickheads, making sure you're not hiring those dickheads, and will they really fit into the culture that I've really carefully crafted as well. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>